Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. John 8, 12. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNinney, and I'm going to be bringing you homeschool insights and delights from our household where God is very evidently in the beautifully carved nativity scene I have sitting in my office. With a star to mark the spot, make no mistake that Jesus came to be the light of the world. Last year I worked on really focusing on today. This year I'm going to try to rid myself of the habit of worrying. I know, not so easy, but you know what? All negative thoughts are from the enemy who doesn't want the peace and harmony I talked about last week with Shalom. The enemy doesn't want us to be contented or whole, prosperous or restful. And at times I wallow in my pity party and side with the darkness. I get caught up in fear because it is real and will happen the way I imagine. I'm engulfed by anxiety. It wakes me up in the night with pangs of nausea. I said to my blue-eyed cowboy the other morning while we were doing our devotions, I used to worry about being homeless, and now I am, and it's nothing like I imagined. Worrying is fruitless. The enemy wants to separate us from each other, those we love, from God. Am I going to let that happen? Nope. I'm going to bring on the fruits of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I'm going to transform my worry into songs of praise. Instead of fretting about my children's choices, I'm going to thank God I had the opportunity to homeschool them, to get up close and personal. I'm going to praise the Lord for their good health and remember the moments of sheer happiness they bring most of the time. I'm going to nurture the light that gives life. Peace in the shalom meaning of the word. Today, I've invited a few friends along to join me again and talk about the new year. Well, one's going to talk about Christmas and New Year because she's abroad and got carried away with all the holidays. Anyway, they're here to offer some inspirational ideas on what we can do to lead a more fulfilling and brilliant life with our families, encouragement to keep the homeschool fires burning, and to remind us that We're not alone and not to be afraid to accept love. Let's get started with the thought, how do I make my happy new year my happy new year? Well, for starters, I have my trusty cowboy by my side and that's all I needed 20 some odd years ago and he's still all I need. Ah, so I have a master plan because now that Christmas is over, no, it isn't over really until January the 6th when the wise men come a-knocking, but the feast day is behind us and most of the leftovers have been eaten. The McNennies enter a particularly busy time. You see, there are two very important birthdays within a week of each other, starting on December 30th with mine and ending on January the 2nd at Dort's. My oldest son is travelling to L.A. on the 30th, so he won't be around. 
and that's fine. I didn't make him feel too badly, but Dort's read him the riot act. Trust a sibling to be brutal. He's still going, though. A few months ago, I started making plans for my birthday. Dort's was on a cruise ship, and they were going to be in Brazil during Christmas and New Year, just sailing up and down the coast as pretty as you please. I was going to go and join her for a week with my cowboy and any other family member who could make it, and together we were planning on celebrating Latin American style our entrances into the world. That was my best case scenario, and anything less will still. Make me glad, indeed, and a good thing too, because the cruise ship contract ended and the boat was sold. What will we do instead? I mean, what could come close? We may spend a couple of days in town with Dorts at her flat, doing big town stuff while her brother's out of the way. Did I mention, though, I want to go away? My blue-eyed cowboy has asked me many times to run away with him to a tropical island. Now, with all the ice and the rain that's gripped the state, going away for my birthday and the start of twenty fourteen seems very civilized. Hey, what if we moved to a tropical island to live for a while? I have a sneaking feeling all of my children would skip to our threshold with wings on their feet, were we living beachside somewhere in the Caribbean, where. Every drink deserves an umbrella. British Virgin Islands, anyone? Let's hear now from a mum who is an army wife with three children, all born five years apart. She and her husband have homeschooled since their oldest was four, and plan to continue until their youngest moves out. Currently, they're in Southeast Asia, and when I spoke to her about her plans for 2014, she was still looking forward to her first Christmas with a difference. Happy holidays from Seoul. <laughs> I am Adele, and I blog over at thesetemporarytents.com.、Uh, my husband and I, and our three children, have been living in South Korea for about nine months now. And、uh, as the end of 2013 draws near,、uh, we are planning for the possibility that our stay will last even longer than we expected.、Um, we originally. We're stationed here for a year,、uh, but through various channels of the military,、uh, we've come to find out that、uh, we're supposed we were supposed to be、um, here for two years. And so, trying to figure out the paperwork and all of that, and so it was kind of a surprise to us.、Uh, I'm I was I was wanting to stay longer because a year just didn't doesn't seem long enough to you know like. Fully engage yourself in a culture and、um, see all the things you want to see, but at the same time,、um, another year tacked on is kind of scary as well because there has to be arrangements made for your house and you have to、uh, make sure that you know we want to we want to be able to see our family, <laughs> and so、uh, traveling through the military channels is free, but it's also extremely.、Um, Like last minute and stressful, and so we're gonna try and and、uh, figure out something where we might be able to visit home once in the two years that we're over here,、yeah. um, because otherwise a family of five is extremely expensive to to fly back home on normal commercial、yeah. airlines.、Right. <laughs> it seems like our trip's almost over,、mm-hmm. and now we're gonna be extending it for yet another twelve months, and so that's. 
it, it's just some things you have to deal with in your mind. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> another holiday season without my family and all that kind of stuff. So tell me, tell me how you did your holiday. I shared on my uh, Facebook page kind of for my blog that I was ashamed <laughs> to admit that our, our uh, Christmas tree was already up like the day before Thanksgiving because okay. my kids had been asking if we were getting a tree and I told them, you know, I just don't want to spend the money on a tree, uh, a big tree here because, you know, I didn't bring ours from home. And so we decided we were going to do like a, a thrifty Christmas with our decorations. And so they made paper chains to hang up on the house and they made, uh, we made a paper star for our door and then we ended up finding a tree on our military post, a little tiny silver tree for about $5. And so we bought that and the, the kids picked out some little miniature red and gold bows and candy canes. And so we have a tree up <laughs> and presents stacked up on the base because we did a little bit of like Black Friday shopping. I think some of the excitement of being in a new country and, you know, this is going to be so foreign and exciting and fun it's kind of worn off mm -hmm. for all of us especially my kids because they're ready for the routines of back home in America mm -hmm. um, they want the traditions of Christmas and they want you know to know that they're really upset because I didn't bring our stockings and oh. I um so I I don't know we might have to put socks up on the wall or something. <laughs> the holidays are funny here in Korea. Um my husband gets all the American holidays off. Um but here in Korea they don't really celebrate those holidays in the same way that we do Americans do. Like Thanksgiving for um Korea is called Chuseok and it was celebrated way back in October. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, they all the whole soul shuts down for like two or three days and everyone goes home to their their um where where their families are from and they pay honors to their their relatives and their ancestors and the american thanksgiving we had four days off and you know everything was as normal here in seoul and for christmas you know they do celebrate christmas but it's uh not it's not the holiday that we expect it to be in in Europe and in America. Um, it's more like a young couple thing, like a romantic, hmm. give each other a gift thing or lots of parties. Mm -hmm. I've heard that Christmas can get crazy here mm -hmm. in the foreign district because there are lots of like parties at the bars and the restaurants and but uh, they the department stores will will um, decorate, but most people don't do Christmas as big as Europeans and Americans do. Um, what about church? You'll, you'll be going to church on Christmas? Um, we might. I'm not sure if our church does a Christmas like oh, okay. service, mm -hmm. uh, but we might. And there's some services on post too that, that like Christmas Eve service yeah. is usually what we go to. So yeah, we're not sure. <laughs> and you have music have to get you in the mood? Oh yes. Yeah, yes, we've been uh we've been listening to the internet radio um and I have a few like uh kid Christmas albums downloaded onto my MP3 player and mm -hmm. so we we listen to those and uh we'll be baking cookies mm -hmm. 
uh, rolling out sugar cookies and um, ginger snaps and that all that kind of stuff, you know, to kind of bring the bring the familiarity back yeah, yeah. into our live daily lives, and we might even incorporate some weird Korean Christmas traditions if we ever find out what they do. <laughs> How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, a live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework. Knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. How long does it take for a change of life to become second nature? How long does it take before you stop looking back? Dortz admits that the last phase of her life is always more attractive in hindsight than it is in the living. She misses America when she's in London. She misses the flat with Ma and Pa when she's on the ship. She misses the ship now that she's in her place with Big Brother in Dallas. She never has both feet in the same place, always looking back, always looking forward, never being there. I do talk about being present quite a bit, don't I? When I finished homeschooling, I still had a child with me who needed guidance. So moving to England and sending her away to a performing arts school was like a teething ring for a new life. A new life without children. An empty nester's life. I don't find that so hard, really. It's good to have my children out there somewhere making sense of what they're doing without me hovering. Well, I never hovered. Without me having to be right in the thick of it. What I'm struggling most with is, what do I do now? Well, I'm exactly where God wants me to be. Well, yes, I know that. But doing what? Well, that'll be revealed in time, because at the moment, I can only see a small part. But when the larger picture will open up, I'll go, wow, who'd have thought? Patience lies in there somewhere, scattered into tiny bits among the questions. Where do we live? When will this project work? Show me the way. How long do we stay? What's she doing? Can you find me a church? How do I write this? Who will publish my books? Will I ever get them written? Will he ever call? What about this idea? When can we meet? Who signs the contracts? When will this end? When will something begin? What will I do? Will you show me the way? On and on and on. 
When I was homeschooling, I knew what I was being called to do, who I was and where my children were all the time. I planned, enjoyed and encouraged my days and weeks and months away. I never doubted for a moment that I was doing the right thing. Let's hear now from my good friend and regular visitor here at the Sociable Homeschooler, who's going to share a few words of inspiration as we look toward the new year. As a father of seven, he'll share with you why continuing to homeschool your family really does allow you to disciple them and give them what they need the most, your love and a personal relationship with their saviour. Well, it's great to be with you, Vivian, and Listeners, um, my name is Mike Donnelly. I am an HSLDA attorney, director for international affairs. And as we look ahead to 2014, Vivian's asked me to uh, speak with you a little bit about why and how and keeping on and encouragement. And uh, it's a a real joy for me to to be with you today and, and talk with you a little bit about why you should homeschool your children, why you should keep on homeschooling your children. We're halfway through the school year, if you're counting the school year. I know some of us school all year round, but some of you who are tracking the days may think, well, Christmas is behind us and we're looking ahead to the winter, winter months. We've Mm -hmm. got to get through the winter months and into spring and then summer arrives. And uh, I know some who are listening are probably just getting started homeschooling, one of the things that I really enjoy doing here at HSLDA is helping parents rescue their children from the schools when they're having difficulties. Some of you who are listening may be uh, on your first year. Some of you may be on your 20th year. My wife and I, uh, we homeschool seven children ages 3 to 16, and we are on our 12th year of homeschooling. We're about to graduate our first, uh, and that's been uh, quite an experience. Uh, You know, it's one thing to talk about homeschooling, another thing to actually live it and experience it. And uh, it's it's a great joy to do it. It comes with its trials and difficulties, though. Uh, For those of you who've been doing it for a while, you know what those are. For those of you who are uh, beginning your homeschooling journey, uh, don't worry about it, because what you're doing is the right thing. Uh, I was in Utah a couple of weeks ago, and a mom came up to me at, at a conference I was at, and she was just thinking about homeschooling. She had some children who were preschool age. They were young and maybe three and five years old. And she came up and she said, you know, <clears throat> Mike, I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous about this homeschool thing. And I said, well, what makes you nervous? Because, you know, I mean, it'd be easy for me just to launch into a discussion about, well, homeschooling is great and you should do it and this is why. And, but, you know, everybody has their own, their own concerns, their own fears, their own thoughts about what they Uh, think homeschooling is going to be like for them and their family. So I like to ask people, what are your concerns? What are you thinking about? And she said, you know, I'm just not sure I can do it. And I know this is a big concern for a lot of moms. Even if you've been homeschooling for a long time, you may be thinking, I'm not sure I can still do it. Uh, And those of you who are thinking about doing it, I'm not sure I can do it. And this is really a, this is a crisis of confidence that some moms have. And it's understandable, really. Um, especially when, when you've you've been uh, brought up yourself, like myself in the public school environment, you've brought up, been brought up with the idea that only experts and professionals can you know understand the great complex task of education and what you should teach who when and this sort of thing. And and this mom just shared with me, you know, I'm just not sure that I can do it. And I said, well, what is it about that? Is it is it that you just you think you're going to mess up your kids? Do you think that you're not qualified? What is it? 
and she couldn't really put her finger on it. And I, and, and I said, you know, I said, this is really an issue about confidence. And let me tell you this, this is, a, this is something I love to tell uh, moms who are just getting started homeschooling uh, and reminding moms who've been homeschooling for a while. And I looked at this mom and I said, let me tell you something, your worst day of homeschooling will be better than the best day these children could have in a public school or even in a private school. And I said, let me tell you why I think that. I said, because first of all, we all know the problems that are, exist in the school environment. Uh, and, you know, even, even on a great day, all of those issues still exist, whether it's peer pressure or confusion, noise, uh, the fact that teachers have 30 kids in one class uh, you know, you get 50 minutes and that's it. You, you live your life to the tune of a bell. Uh, and, you know, you, it's just a, a completely uh, false artificial environment. Of course, we all know about those things and all the other, uh, you know, worldview issues that exist in the public schools. Um, but I said, forget all that. Who knows your child better than you? Who knows how your child can learn better than you. You live with them. You know them better than anyone else. You're home with them on a day-by-day basis. You know what they need, how they need it, when they need it. Who else is better qualified to provide on a day-to-day basis? And so, and so I, uh, you know, I say your, your worst day of homeschooling is better than the best day they'll have in a public school environment. Uh, and, uh, and I really believe that. And that doesn't mean that every day in homeschooling is a great day. But, you know, at the same conference I was at, another mom came up to me and she just started homeschooling. And she had a enthusiasm that I said, I wish I could bottle your enthusiasm and take it home with me. This mom was loving the homeschool experience. She had two children. And for those of you with seven children, maybe that's why <laughs> you'll understand that, <laughs> you know, with two children, you know, maybe it's a little easier than with seven for some. But, it all each each family situation has its own pluses and, and minuses and its own strengths and weaknesses. But um, I said, tell me about what you're doing. Tell, tell me about your journey. And she said, oh, we just brought my, my 12-year-old home from school and he was really struggling there. And he, you know, he has attention issues and he's a boy and he likes to you know, be active. And so now, you know, we're, we're just, we're spent, we're just loving the ability to go out and and take bike rides together and go exploring and do different things. And, you know, and I just was listening to this mom and just loving it because she had, she really grasped the essence of homeschooling and I loved it. It was great. And, uh, she's, she, she was just really an encouragement to me. She doesn't even know it. Uh, but, you know, if you're just getting started or been homeschooling for a while, um, why should you keep going? Why should you start? You know, there are some reasons, and I'd like to share with you a few reasons uh, for some of you who are thinking about that. And for me, I'm a Christian parent. And for me, one of the most important things about home education is that I think that as a Christian parent, it allows me and my wife to fulfill our role as stewards of our children to disciple them into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, I think who you know is more important than what you know. 
sure, everybody needs to understand math and science. And right now my oldest son is grappling with physics. And he's grappling with it, just like I grappled with it. I didn't do very well in physics, and he wants to be a musician. So what do you need physics for anyway? But he, but together we chose physics, and he's grappling with it. Yeah, that's important. And you need to you need to stick through it when it's difficult. And there are character benefits there. And of course, we know that God uses all things to to our good. But at the end of the day, the question is, who do you know? And do we want our children to know their Savior? And what environment allows for that better than you, mom, or you, dad, spending your day with your children, talking with them, sure, about the academic stuff, but what about all all the other things that are important? Their faith, their character. You know, homeschooling, like any other, uh, more than any other, I think, educational approach, allows for the time that we need as parents to be able to really get to know our children, to know how God has uniquely gifted them, to develop relationships with our children so that we can disciple them and so that they can learn who they are in Christ and who God has called them to be. It allows us to be flexible with our time and to customize and personalize an educational experience that is tailored to them. We can provide an environment that's spiritually led, physically and emotionally safe, and academically challenging, far more uh, in all of those areas than any other environment, educational environment. And it allows us to acknowledge God in all that we do. I think this is what makes homeschooling so great. I think this is why, uh, if you're thinking about homeschooling, this is why you should homeschool your children. I think if you're continuing to home educate and maybe you're feeling a little tired maybe you're kind of wondering why am I doing this why am I putting myself through this uh, difficulty every day and uh, believe me I know there can be days it's a burden at times but if we remember the why I think that'll help encourage us to remember how and what we're doing is so important and uh, I think really that's 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 the message I have for for you homeschool moms out there who are um, Getting started and, and continuing the journey, it's been a privilege for me to share with you. I uh, encourage you to um, connect with HSLDA, the organization that I work for, HSLDA.org. We've got a ton of resources that can be uh, a blessing for you. We've got consultants who can help you if you've got a child who has special learning needs. Uh, you know, those are particularly great children to homeschool because they do not thrive in, in a uh, public school or a private school institutional kind of environment. Homeschooling is really good for children like that. Um, We have uh, high school coordinators who can help you think through homeschooling your children through the high school years. And we, as an organization, are committed to defending your freedom, both your family's individual freedom, if you are ever challenged, and protecting the movement from those who would want to curtail or restrict our freedom to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to curtail our rights as parents to direct the education and freedom of our children, freedoms that here in the United States we enjoy and we should be thankful for, but freedoms when you look around the world to countries like Germany and and Sweden and other places are uh, being uh, restricted, restrained, and where people are actually persecuted if they choose to homeschool their children. So we've got a great freedom here to to, uh, enjoy, to point our children to, to God and to their Savior and to to bring them up as the individuals that God is calling them to be. I hope you'll continue the journey. I hope you'll start the journey if you're just uh, thinking about getting started on it. And I invite you to contact me through hslda.org 
God bless you in this this great new year of 2014. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. I don't lie awake at night wondering what 2014 is going to bring. I like to go over the previous year and recap in my mind what I was doing this time last year. I'm absolutely no good at those exercises that ask, where do you see yourself in a month, in a year, in five years? Because I'm never right. Well, last year maybe I was, because we did finally sell our family home, which was an achievement I'd been longing for for years. But being between homes now is a bit of a worry, especially as my Texan believed if we sold our house, we'd never have another. And we may not, but it won't be as we imagined, just like being homeless isn't as I imagined during some of our more daunting financial run-ins. At the beginning of this year, I went to New York with Dawes, who had just turned 21 and was celebrating that fact by socialising like a mad thing while working the wee hours at a coffee shop and sleeping the day away so she could go out again in the evening. We experienced the St. Patrick's Day parade in snow and walked for hours around the city, had hot chocolate at Serendipity near Central Park and enjoyed a thoroughly fun time. Oh, and she auditioned for a Disney cruise line, which took all of five minutes. This year, we buried a good friend who died of esophageal cancer. We planned a wedding through a rehearsal dinner and decorated our church parish hall so beautifully all the congregation wanted the tool and light so they could do it again and again and again. At the end of the party, I was a mother-in-law. We sold our family home and the London flat. We waved farewell to the final feather from the nest when she took a job as a performing artist on a Spanish cruise line. We returned to America without a home and came to live with my mother-in-law, which, as I've said, is good, but this home is not my home. Did I think I'd be here last year at this time? No. So where will I be next year? Who knows? Do I just say my dream here? This is where I would like to be, with my nearest and dearest on a beach somewhere tropical, but still close enough for any child to pop in as he or she pleases. Perhaps leaving it to God will be the best thing, because I have no idea how to make that vision come true. I don't consider Texas to be tropical. I also have no idea whether my children will stay put or fling themselves around the world, so why fret? 
Now it's time for some very wise words from a dear friend whom I've known since she was a child. She is passionate for women to know their true worth and value, discovering who they were created to be. Her own journey has placed a desire in her to see other women and men fully restored and redeemed, and to know that there is freedom from the shame they carry. I know the holidays are tough for some of us, so here are some words to lift you up. Hello, my name is Polly Wright, and I am the founder of We Are Cherished, and we are a ministry that reaches out to women in the sex industry. And I am here to just talk um, personally to women who might have struggled with sexual abuse um, growing up, uh, who have, have combated that and lived with that their whole lives, and and the things that um, that have made us struggle into who we are and walking in shame and being vulnerable with the people that we're supposed to trust. But also to the precious women we reach out to um, in the sex industry who are strippers, who are prostitutes, who have escorted. And and maybe you never did any, did any of those things, but you were very promiscuous in high school or things like that. And, um, and I just uh, want to reach out and encourage you over the holidays that you are not alone. One of the biggest things the enemy tried to uh, deceive me with and um, twist my thoughts with was that I was alone, that I, um, that I was the only one who was sexually abused as a child, that um, I was the only one who was raped in high school. I was the only one who had an abortion and who slept around with multiple guys looking to be fed. And the enemy wanted me to believe all those lies that I was alone. And in that, I ended up stripping um, in college, and it almost killed me. But my encouragement over the holidays, when it can be so overwhelming, where we feel alone, and where maybe our family isn't always the most supportive, or there's just a weight on your shoulders, um, I was praying about speaking today and talking to you and just encouraging you personally to say that God has already put every single thing that you need in you. That before you were born, before he knitted you in, his, in your mother's womb, he put everything in you. He put strength in you. He put beauty in you. He put love and fire and passion and a desire to be exactly who he created you to be in you. And I was um, just searching through scriptures and, and the one that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalms came up. And I, I love reading all of it instead of just one. And um, I was in Psalms 139. And where David is just saying, if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. And God, God, the God of the universe, the full manifestation of God that lives in you, if you have chosen to take him into your heart that lives in you, he, even darkness, is light to him. Not even the enemy can thwart him. Not even the enemy can twist anything in him. And then for him to say to you, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb and I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
wonderful are your works and my soul knows it well. I love this. And the women that come here to We Are Cherished, that, that come seeking hope, that come seeking that they are not alone. When we can grasp, when we can fully grasp the full presence of Christ, the full wholeness of him that is in us, that he already knew exactly where we were going to walk. He already knew exactly what we were going to do and the choices that we were going to make and the choices that were going to be made against us. And God gave us every choice. And even though those horrible things that might have happened to you when you were little, if God removed choice and that free will, he would have removed love. So there are people who choose to love you and people who choose to encourage you. You have to choose to receive that. And that can be one of the hardest things um, that we come across is receiving love and trusting that it's true love. That it is, it is, is real, that there are no um, motives behind it, no um, taking you off course. So the first thing I encourage you to do is sit down, close your eyes, take a deep breath and go, God, tell me how you love me. Show me what you love most about me. And that might be an impression on your heart. That might be um, a picture he shows you of a beautiful flower. Or sometimes it might be his like, I love your smile. I created that smile and you're beautiful to me. And so this season, when everything's going on and you're stressed out, you might be worried about certain things. I just want you to know that the God of the universe who created you fully and wonderfully made Every work that is in you that he has put in you, you don't have to do anything but say, yes, Lord, and receive him and receive his love that he gives you. And one of my favorite verses, if you know me and you hear me, (laughs) um, I love it. It is Christ's love is not cautious, but extravagant love like that. And that is Ephesians 5, 2, and it's in the message. And, and just how, how huge that is. Christ's love is not cautious. That means his love is so big, so powerful, so overwhelming that if you sit there for a moment and you ask him and just say, Daddy God, I am here and I am struggling and I am scared. I am I'm ashamed. I'm fearful. But God, I know I'm not alone and show me pictures. Give me dreams and visions of you. Open my heart to receive the love that you have for me, Lord. And that will change everything because he wants to tell you. If he is the God of the universe that created you perfectly and and amazing and, and, and just fun and silly and goofy and serious and all those things that are in you, he is the God that wants to say, I love you, baby. I love you, my handsome, amazing son. I love every part of you down to the freckle that's on your ear, down to the little crooked toe that you wear in your shoes that you hide. I made those and I made them beautiful. So this season, just take a moment every day, every hour and just take a deep breath and breathe him in and go, God, I know I'm not alone. And sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I'm worried. But I know that you are there. I know that you have me. 
And you may be saying those things and go, I don't really believe that right now because I don't feel like he has me and I don't feel like he's got me covered. But let me tell you, he does. If you just start asking and you start listening, that's the biggest thing when we talk to our women. Okay, ladies, we can talk to God all day long. We're really good at talking. But man, we need to sit back and just take that deep breath and listen. Hear his voice because he wants to talk to you. He wants to show off and he wants to adore you and give you words of encouragement and speak truth over you. And one more thing, if you feel anything that brings on shame, um, distrust or anything, that is not of the Lord. That is the enemy. All of his words will bring fruits of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience. Those will bring up all of those things. So I just pray for you over the holidays that you will take this time and just let him lavish you, extravagantly love you. And I just pray um, that your heart will be open. So if you're, when you hear God and you are feeling shame, you are feeling fearful, high anxiety, and just worry, that is not from the Lord. God's word that he will speak over you, God's feeling in your heart will bring on the fruits of the spirit. And that that is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And against these things, there is no law. And God wants to give each one of those feelings to you. So if it is bringing opposite of that, that is not the Lord. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler. And we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. And Polly's message, well, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you are cherished. Thanks, Polly, for carrying the light into many a dark cave. And penultimately, here's my friend from South Korea again with some parting thoughts on the new year. Happy holidays from Seoul. <laughs> I am Adele and I blog over at thesetemporarytents.com. New Year. What what happens there at New Year? Do they have fireworks or is it not New Year for them? Um they do they do recognize they they call it the solar new year, the the sun new year called uh Sindong. And there probably will be fireworks because I think 
any time the Koreans celebrate, they shoot off fireworks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll be in bed and we'll see fireworks. We're thinking, what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> Something's yeah. going on. But they usually have a bigger celebration um, at the Lunar New Year, which is called Solal. And this year, or in 2014, I think it happens at the end of January. Okay. And that's more of their like family um, holiday, like mm-hmm. Chuseok and Solal is the two times during the winter and the fall where they, they take three days off and they go home and they like spend all that time for their family. So New Year's will probably be, <clears throat> you know, there'll be some things going on, but we've never been like the people to go out and party on New Year's. Mm-hmm. We usually play uh, board games as a family and watch movies until we're all too tired and we go to bed anyways because we never stay up till midnight. <laughs> so do you do any special food thing like eating black-eyed peas or? You know? Oh, you know, that's never been like, I guess both my husband and I growing up, we never really had like big New Year's events and big New Year's traditions. And so we've never really made a big, huge deal about New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, we do pop popcorn. And we eat popcorn and um, apparently here in, in Asia, um, New Year's Day, you're supposed to eat long noodles oh. because that represents a long and healthy life. Oh, right. And so um, noodles are really easy to find here. And so we'll probably be eating that. some long yeah. noodles. Yeah. And so what about resolutions? Do you do resolutions as a family? Um, I've never made a resolution. Maybe in high school I made a, a resolution. But... Uh, we, the past few years, we've tried to do um, something called One Word 365, and there's a website, um, just OneWord365.com, and it's choosing one word to focus on throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And last year, my word was others. Um, I had a little, um, a little mantra on my blog um, to stop and think about how another person might feel to ask myself what is best for those that are close to me and to honor and respect others as more important than myself. Mm -hmm. And so I really tried to make 2013 about focusing on others. Um, Philippians two, three, and four. um, I don't want to misquote it, but it says, you know, don't look only to your own interests, but look also to the interests of others. Mm And so that was kind of my theme, I guess you would call it. And so how did that and work? So, did it work? I forgot about it for some of the year. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I put it up on my blog. And so it was easy to um, go back there and read what I had written mm-hmm. and what I wanted to, like, remember about that. And so um, just in these past couple of months – we've really made the effort to help others that are struggling. Um, even those back home that, you know, friends and family back home that are really having a hard time during this, um, winter season, you know, just, just being help, you know, the, the hands and feet of Christ, you know, trying to just, um, make sure that, we're not just blessing ourselves, but we're also being blessing to others. Right. And so for 2014, I've been thinking and I've been tossing around a few different words. And I really like the word focus because it just seems like 
Um, there's just so much distractions, <laughs> so much things here in Korea and things going on in my life that distract me from what I need to be focused on, my family and Christ and that kind of stuff. And so I I'm, I think my word for next year is going to be focus. And I'm, I'll talk to my family about that and everything. But yeah, it's just, it's nice to just have that reminder <laughs> and it's easier than a resolution because with the resolution, you feel like you have to keep that or you fail. This is Adele and the Boo Singers here in Korea wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And how's about my word for 2014 being surrender? I think that may cover all bases. What do you think? I don't know about you, but the new year always brings with it promise. It's like a clean slate for me to etch on. My southern gentleman and I don't know what's in store for us next year, and I'm glad. My mother always said, if you know what's going to happen, you may not be able to bear it. Although we don't like surprises, especially unwelcome ones, it is good to feel in control, if only for a little time. Don't you agree? I like to be able to dream and plan. I also like being flexible. So although I have no idea what's in store for me next year, I do know this. I'll keep up a good line of communication with all my children, be there when they need me, support them wherever they are along their pathway, lay no judgment on them, love them, and thank God for the wonderful people he's growing them into. And as for me and my cowboy, I'll continue to believe in him, say I do several more times, and forge ahead knowing I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, and to stop running after that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I've already got my hands buried deep within it. Time for my last visitor on this, my final show, 2013. I'm delighted to have with me a father of four who has taken his family on an adventure without limits. He's dedicated to the parenting style of living life intentionally every day. As a start to the new year, he's going to give you some tricks to begin your own journey towards transforming your daily life one step at a time. Hey, everybody. This is Hugh DeBerg. Uh, I was invited by Vivian to speak um, to sort of talk about how we can live a little more exciting life, um, tips or tricks uh, that we can use to bring more creative, more of a creative lifestyle to our current life. And I've thought a lot about this and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't quite sure what in the world should I talk about. And there's so much to talk about, too. But I kind of realized something when I thought back in my past as to what my life was like before I and my family began to try more exciting things, more creative things in our life, uh, dare to do things. I realized that back in those days, you know, our life was we were like on a rail, like a train on a rail. You know, we were. We were on a path, we were having children, we had career, we had bills to pay. And at any moment in time, let's say we were driving down a highway or driving down a country road, and we would be heading between here and there, and we're lost in our thoughts. And I, I realized, I thought back one time, I realized I passed this little lane as we were going by, and it, it just happened to register in the corner of my eye, and the thought pops into your head, and I'm sure it's happened to you. Oh, that's a really cool road. I wonder what's down there. And, of course, by then, you're well past it. You're heading up the road, and you got stuff to do, and you got people waiting for you, blah, blah, right? 
We all do it. A lot of times when we think about how to do more exciting stuff, they say, hey, let's, let's, take a, let's go live in Hawaii for six months. We, we think about the big stuff. But the truth is the way you can adjust yourself, get yourself used to the idea of trying a more creative approach to your life, to daring to do interesting things sometimes when you might not otherwise be doing it. Sometimes the secret is to sort of get your feet wet and try something really small. One of the things I'd like to challenge everyone to do in 2014, and you can do this any day, and I use the example of the little lane, but it could be anything in your life. The next time you're driving down a country road or someplace and you pass a lane that you've always wanted to go down or you pass a curio shop that you've always thought about stopping at but never had, and you're going to get around to it someday. Instead of passing it by and continuing I want you to remember what I'm telling you now. And remember, when you see it, you're going to be passing it. So by the time this registers in your mind, you're already going to be, you know, a quarter mile down the road. I want you to slow down, do a U-turn carefully, go back and visit the curio shop. I want you to go back and I want you to turn down that lane. Now, obviously, if you're 10 minutes late for an appointment, it's one thing. But the truth is, a lot of times we do have some flexibility. Let's say we're going to the grocery store. It's not an emergency. There's no reason why you can't go down that lane. It wasn't on your plan today. It wasn't, doesn't fit into your, you know, who cares? This is important because psychologically this is what it does. Up until that moment, you were locked in your head. You weren't really aware of your surroundings because we're driving, we're thinking, we're planning what we're going to do. We're thinking about some problem. We're listening to the radio. We've got a kid hollering in the back, whatever. Very little of it, though, brings us to the present moment. Maybe the kid hollering does, but it's not in a pleasant way. And yet, that moment when that thought popped into your head and said, oh, it's that lane again, it's that curio shop, that was your desires. They they don't have a loud voice, but they were trying to cry cry through that noise and say, hello, I want to do something different. And by stopping yourself, especially by doing that U-turn and going back, what you're doing is you're bringing yourself into the moment. You're making yourself aware of that desire when it happens, and you're acting on that desire. Okay, this is something that's it's a whole different path for us as people because we're so used to being lost in, in thought and in our schedules. And a lot of times I think we're afraid to take breaks and do that because We've worked so hard to get ourselves into routines and schedules because, let's face it, we don't want to get up in the morning and go to work, you know, but we have to. So we force ourselves into these routines and these habits. And I think we secretly think that if we stop doing that or if if one day or if we dare to veer off of our normal habits, that somehow we'll stop, we'll we'll forget to to push ourselves or we'll, we'll fail to continue to push ourselves on the path that we've been going on. And I think that's an unnecessary fear. If If you've trained yourself to get up in the morning, you've trained yourself to be responsible, you've trained yourself to go to meetings on time, you will continue to do that. And taking a break once in a while and going down a lane or stopping at a curio shop when you didn't plan to is not going to ruin you forever. Okay, so there's really no justification if you do have the time not to do this. Doing this kind of thing once, then do it again later Start to make a habit of every once in a while, not all the time, every once in a while, 
doing something that you've always thought about doing but haven't done. And start really small, something that's so easy, there's no reason why you can't do it. And by doing that, you begin to sort of lubricate the gears in your body that are related to being aware of your desires and that are related to acting on those desires when they occur. Because that's really what I think when we look at our lives and we think, geez, it's not as exciting as I'd like it to be or it's not the path I had hoped for. What we're really doing is we're looking at a sort of amorphous desire that we have to do things that are more in line with who we are, more in line with what we love. And to begin to go in that direction, you need to become aware of the little desires. Get your feet wet. And so if I would hope for anything for the new year for Vivian's listeners today, it would be that you take my advice and that you seize on one of these moments tomorrow. You don't have to wait for the new year, but in 2014, make this a habit. Do it once a week, once every two weeks. It doesn't matter. And start small. Make it so small, so simple a thing that you cannot say no. And it starts with baby steps, but I can tell you that the greatest journeys really do start with baby steps. You know, for us, we started, we We just bought a little trailer and hooked it up to our car and started taking little trips. And I never imagined that we would do anything that exciting. And yet, you know, it was so easy to just keep driving. Or I wonder what's in that town. And when we have time, let's go. Because we had already started this process of daring to try things. And the next thing you know, we're living in the thing for years. I mean, or we ended up moving up to a motorhome. But I mean, that's how your life changes with these little baby steps, getting used to the idea of daring to veer from your straight and narrow on a railroad track path that may not be making you happy right now. Most of us, I think, get so overwhelmed by the huge change we might want to make. I mean, we're we're in a nine-to-five job, and we, we want to be in Hawaii, and we think we just, the gap seems so wide. I think we just don't start, and we don't know where to start. So I'm, I'm hoping that this, this trick, this method, will give you the tool you need to take your first baby step towards the life you really want. And I wish you the best of luck. And please, you know, feel free to, you know, leave a note here on Vivian's website or come to The Passionate Warrior where I write. And I'm going to blog on this and there'll be a space, a place there where you can make comments because I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you have done, what the little thing is you tried and how it made you feel. And I'd love to hear about your progress because, hey, this is I mean, this is why Vivian and I do this sort of thing. Ultimately, we just want to touch people and make somebody's life better. And I'd really like to know if this has helped you or not. So once again, this is Hugh DeBerg, The Passionate Warrior. And I really appreciate this opportunity. Thanks for being and have a great 2014. It's time for me to wrap up my show and another year. 
I hope you've had a delightful hour listening to my friends share their plans and ideas for 2014. Visit their websites linked on my show page and enjoy your end-of-year festivities and let 2014 take you wherever your desires wish. Dare to veer off the beaten track, even if just for an hour. Live the life you were created for. Cherish your families, your friends and your neighbours and love life. Remember, God is our light. The darkness is not dark for him. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my friends who joined me this week to inspire and uplift you, Mike Donnelly, Adele Businger, Polly Wright and Hugh Berg, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to glide you through your day. Take care, be safe, and have a happy new year. See you next week, same time, same place. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, 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 doodle, Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginat. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who are willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So, we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNenny. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.